0: alrighty what's going on beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of the Trent Corvill show I am him I greatly appreciate everybody joining me today ladies and gentlemen we have just finished up our first preseason game but obviously since the Hall of Fame game happened I wanted to highlight some of the recent NFL Hall of Famers got a couple names of Hall of Famers that are now in in 2020 and 2021 Peyton Manning obviously his speech was beautiful everybody on Twitter now is talking about Peyton Manning potentially being the next NFL commissioner, which I absolutely love because at the end of his speech he was really preaching, hey, we need to keep the integrity of the game, we need to you know, empower our youth to love the game of football, and it really just seems like This is a guy who we all took for granted having in the NFL two Super Bowls, an absolute legend. Peyton is so good on camera. Like him, Joe Buck, who congratulations to Joe Buck. He is now in the NFL Hall of Fame uh, for his broadcasting career. Well, well deserved. Should have been much, much earlier. He's one of my favorites. Joe Buck, Peyton Manning, and Troy Aikman all in the same booth for about a five-minute period during that NFL Hall of Fame game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable hearing those two legends, obviously Troy Aikman, Hall of Famer, three-time Super Bowl champion, Peyton Manning, two-time Super Bowl champion, just a mutual respect for each other, it it was honestly great to see, and I love hearing Peyton's voice, and I definitely, on Monday nights, will be tuning into that simulcast, and Peyton said it best, he said it's just gonna be Eli and I watching football together, that doesn't sound like anything better than that you know then then those two guys, those minds, and regardless about what you say about Eli Manning, I personally believe he 's going to be a Hall of famer that 's a two time Super Bowl champion. He beat Tom Brady uh, twice, so there you go I mean he 's got to be in the Hall of Fame that you wait five years, he retired last year, he will be a Hall of famer, and yeah the the latter half of his career wasn 't great, and that 's for a lot of players too you have you have some great early years, and then you start falling off, but his success early on in New York being in the Mecca, and living up to the hype of being a New York Giant, Eli Manning's going to be a Hall of Famer. So I'm greatly, I'm very, very excited to see that ESPN2 simulcast with those two guys. But Peyton's speech was phenomenal. Called out Tom Brady immediately, uh, which was great. Obviously, they're longtime rivals, now friends. A couple other guys, Calvin Johnson. What I liked about the Hall of Fame, you know, speeches and the whole ceremony, was getting to see the highlights, because you forget, how good some of these guys were like calvin johnson was on a terrible terrible team and a franchise the detroit lions consistently just ruined their players a la barry sanders calvin johnson matthew stafford you name it the list goes on they're a terrible terrible franchise and they ruined that human they ruined one of the greatest receivers nobody was double teamed more in his career than calvin johnson okay we 're talking about a six foot four two hundred and thirty pound human who ran a four three forty and could jump higher than anybody in the NFL. You always had a corner man to man on Calvin Johnson. The outside linebacker more than likely was looking at Calvin to see what routes he was going to be running, and there was always a safety over top every single game for calvin johnson 's nine year career i mean. The amount of 200 200 yards as an NFL receiver is incredibly difficult to accomplish. He did it seven times in a singular season. Seven times. 200 yards. That is unbelievable. We forget about it. I forget that this guy's size and stature was so dominating compared to everybody else. And, oh, he could run away From everybody as well. It's kind of like when you watch Julio Jones in his prime, when he would take a screen, and Julio's a tall, tall drink of water, and he's, you know, muscled up, and when Julio would take a one-yard screen 60 yards, you're like, how does a human... That size, run that fast. And I forgot all about that with Calvin Johnson. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Charles Woodson, has been inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. John Lynch as a player, and everybody knows now John Lynch, the general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame. He played safety for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John Lynch is funny, too, because in his interview with uh, Joe and Troy Aikman, he was really trying to sell Jimmy Garoppolo, okay? Because we all know, we've seen the tweets, we've seen the videos. In camp, Trey Lance is balling. And Kyle Shanahan, actually, the head coach of the 49ers, said yesterday, he said, oh, yeah, Trey Lance will play for this team. He will play this year. Oh, That The quarterback position, if I remember, has only one player on the field at a time. So what does that mean? Are we benching Jimmy Garoppolo? Are we putting Trey Lance in there week one? I sure hope not. If you have a seasoned veteran like Jimmy Garoppolo who's been to the Super Bowl, taken that team to the Super Bowl, and obviously overthrew Emmanuel Sanders trying to win the game, you had to make that throw, pal, and that's your legacy right there. Patrick Mahomes beat you in the Super Bowl in his second year in the NFL. Sorry about it. You missed the throw. There was one throw you had to make that game. Post route. Win the Super Bowl. Put it on him. Goodwin is past the safeties. You just had to put it on him, Garoppolo, and you lost the Super Bowl. So that's going to live with you forever. And now it seems like John Lynch and the front office of the San Francisco 49ers, they keep coming out and saying, oh, Jimmy G's looked better than he's ever looked. He's He looks amazing right now. He is slinging the ball post-surgery. It is beautiful. And you know why they're doing that? They're trying to sell him to another team. They're trying to get another team to come get him because they want Trey Lance to start. What I was alluding to is that during the interview with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, he all he was talking about was Jimmy Garoppolo. He was like, oh, Jimmy's playing great right now. He's feeling good. He's feeling healthy to me when a GM is doing that talking about a player especially when you just drafted third overall Trey Lance to be your next guy you're trying to move him, you're trying to get him to another team so you can acquire some more draft picks, it just makes sense but John Lynch is in the Hall of Fame now Troy Palamalu obviously one of the hardest hitting safeties the NFL has ever one of the more entertaining players in my childhood that I was able to watch the hair flowing obviously everybody knows the head and shoulders commercial He does those beautifully, hair flowing, the number 43 on his back, lighting people up. That's what Troy Palomaro did. He had a short career, 9-10 seasons, which I think is a good career for people. You know, Calvin Johnson was 9-10 seasons as well. When you get into... 16, 17, 18 years, especially if you're not playing quarterback, it's like, all right, well, your brain cells are going to deteriorate at some point, uh, very, very early, unfortunately, especially a guy like Palomalu who put his helmet into people's chests down by down play by play. He was a phenomenal player to watch. Congratulations to him. Couple coaches, uh Jimmy Johnson finally getting into the Hall of Fame. Obviously, last year we saw it on Fox NFL Sunday. He was so choked up, he needed his inhaler cuz he couldn't speak. Jimmy Johnson deserves this more than anybody, honestly. It's been way too long. The interview with Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson was some of the most awkward television I have ever seen. It is very evident. Jerry Jones cannot stand Jimmy Johnson and vice versa. I feel like I feel like Jimmy's a guy's guy though. You know, I feel like he's just a hey, come give me a hug, let's watch some football together, crack a beer. How could you not love the guy, right? And Jerry Jones It's like, they asked him, they said, well, now we're here at the NFL Hall of Fame, Jimmy Johnson's being inducted, Jerry, do you want to go ahead and, you know, induct Jimmy Johnson into the ring of honor for the Dallas Cowboys, which, by the way, Jimmy Johnson won multiple Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys, and he is still not in the ring of honor. By the way, the last Super Bowls that the Cowboys have won was Jimmy Johnson. Jerry Jones is just a character. He holds spite. He's petty as all get out. He didn't want to put Jimmy Johnson in in the ring of honor because Jerry Jones has to have his own Hall of Fame, obviously. He's like, yeah, we have the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but if you want to be a true Dallas Cowboy, you get into my ring of honor. Troy Aikman's in it. Michael Irvin's in it. Emmitt Smith's in it. I ain't letting damn Jimmy Johnson in it, even though he was the coach of these couple of, of these teams. Anyway, Jimmy Johnson into the Hall of Fame, former Steelers coach, won a couple Super Bowls with the Steelers. Bill Cowher also uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Super cool moment. It was on TV and everything on CBS. Bill Cowher is an analyst for CBS. So uh, it, it was great. It, it was great. Steve Atwater as well, forgot to mention him, longtime NFL Safety uh, he was also inducted into the hall of fame it's it 's very cool to see these guys, you know Edron James, I believe uh, from the Colts. I completely forgot how much of a dog this guy was at running back. I know as soon as he got to the Colts, Peyton Manning really enjoyed that. Cool to see those teammates get in the Hall of Fame together, and it 's funny, obviously. Like the quotes been going around that the Hall of Fame committee spent 13 seconds discussing if Peyton Manning should be in the Hall of Fame. It shouldn't have even been a discussion. If you have a list of names and you see Peyton Manning at the top of the list, you just check that name off immediately. That's the Sheriff, okay? I love Peyton Manning. I completely forgot he, he's such a football mind, and what, what a great Hall of Fame weekend. And the 2022 Hall of Fame list has already came out, and I was watching Sports Center a couple nights ago, and the graphic popped up of potential you know Hall of Fame inductees for the 2022 uh, season. And you know who is at the top of that list? Tony Romo. Now, it was about 11.30 at night, and I didn't want to get frustrated. I was having a great night, and I was watching SportsCenter just to cap off the evening, make sure I didn't miss anything. And when I saw this graphic, there was true disgust and anger through my bones. In no way, shape, or form does Tony Romo make it anywhere near the Hall of Fame. Pull up the numbers and show me why Tony Romo should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, sure, if there's a Hall of Fame for average quarterbacks, put him right in. Sure, if there's a Hall of Fame for being out six weeks with a pinky injury, put him right in. That's Tony Romo's game right there. Deion Sanders has said this before, that we're just, he, he said in quote, so we're just letting anybody in the Hall of Fame now, right? That's what I thought about when I saw Tony Romo's name pop up. And it was funny, the host of SportsCenter at the time didn't even say Romo's name. He was like, he re- skipped right over him. Ladanian, Tomlinson, DeMarcus Ware, and obviously those guys are shoe-ins, but he didn't even mention Tony Romo, and that's good, out of respect, because Tony Romo does not deserve to be in the conversation with Peyton Manning. If there's a Hall of Fame for quarterbacks going 8-8 and in a season before the 17-game season that's happening this year, put Tony right in. Put him right in. Congrats, Tony. You're the best 8-8 eight and eight quarterback the NFL has ever seen. Let's stop playing around thinking that Tony Romo is going to get in the Hall of Fame. But we have to get into this NFL season. I can't keep talking about Tony Romo. Big headlines heading into this NFL season. Obviously, if you've listened to this program, you know we are in pro-Aaron Rodgers podcast. There's nobody calmer on the field than, than than Aaron Rodgers. And I think in life in general, the guy just lives his life. And now, obviously, Right before the draft, Adam Schefter dropped the news that Aaron Rodgers was upset. He was unhappy. He was unhappy with his bosses. They're not giving them the free agents and the draft picks. He's unhappy. He's leaving, okay? I thought he was going to leave too. I thought he was going to be a Denver Bronco. Nobody was willing to give up five first-round picks for the guy, and honestly, the Packers organization, a la Brian Guntekuntz, is an absolute idiot, so he could never figure out how to move Aaron Rodgers in the proper way, because if you actually respected the man, you would understand that, hey, maybe I should get four or five first-round picks to rebuild my team if my superstar isn't happy. It's funny, because you hear about these owners and GMs nowadays Kyler Murray, who's been in the league three years, is heavy in the decision-making with the Arizona Cardinals. Joe Burrow is heavy in the decision-making. Every GM wants the opinion of their superstar. All you gotta ask is, hey Aaron, who do you like throwing the ball to? Who do you like seeing run routes? Who do you think is a game-changer, you know? We don't know if we can get them, but we'd like to hear your opinion. That's all you have to do. From a four-time MVP and Super Bowl champion, arguably one of the greatest to ever do it. He's also frustrated, like he said, which by the way, the press conference that he had when he showed up to camp and just went right to the booth, just buried the whole Packers organization, listed off so many names. I mean, he listed off 10 or 12 players that were treated incredibly unfairly when they were trying to leave or trying to move out of the packers undercutting their pay not trading them the whole thing majority of them just ended up retiring because they couldn't figure out what to do because the packers were holding on to them unbelievable moves by a team with no owner and we see why nfl teams need owners because hey if rob Kraft was the owner of the of the packers he would have looked at Kunz and been like, go get this guy a receiver. These last two drafts have had some of the best prospects at receiver we've ever seen. Huh, don't you think it would be good to compliment Devontae Adams with another receiver so he's not double teamed the entire game? Wouldn't that be a good strategy? We've seen it too with the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are a great team. Josh Allen is a generational quarterback. He's throwing to one guy. He's thrown to Stefan Dix. That's why they couldn't win. That's why they couldn't win in the playoffs. He didn't have enough options. You have to have weapons. I preach and preach about weapons, but it's true. You have to have weapons to be a good NFL team. Regardless of the situation, though... Aaron Rodgers had his contract restructured, so basically they have reworked the new deal, the new contract, which includes the same total compensation he would have received each year under his new deal, will void on the seventh day of the 2023 league year. So this means the franchise tag window closes 1 day before that, meaning Rodgers is untaggable after 2022. If he plays out the next two, uh, 2 years, he will become a true free agent. So basically what this is setting up for is for Aaron Rodgers to leave after this season because he will have no ties with the Green Bay Packers and they can actually trade him and get some more picks which they're going to need. If you think that Jordan Love is going to be anything, you might want to get a couple first round picks picks to put around him because as soon as Aaron's out see you Devante he's gone see a Bakhtiari he's gone why would you want to put why would you want to go from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love and lose that's what you're going to do if Jordan Love was playing this season he was going to lose okay but Aaron Rodgers this is his 17th season and if you're thinking he's washed up if you're thinking he's out last season was statistically out of the 16 years that he's played his best year in the NFL 70% completion percentage, 48 touchdowns, career high. Nobody played better than him last year. He's going to continue this growth. He's going to continue to build, and I'm really, really excited for the Packers this year. So that's a big storyline. Seeing what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Josh Allen, as of recent, a couple days ago, six-year, $258 million deal. With the Buffalo Bills, 150 of that guaranteed, okay, and apparently Josh was trying to get 200 of that guaranteed, because the NFL players are seeing what's going on in the NBA, being like, Steph Curry, this is Steph's third $200 million contract contract. And it's all guaranteed. It's all been guaranteed. In the NBA, your money is guaranteed. In the NFL, it's not guaranteed. So $150 million guaranteed for Josh Allen to be in Buffalo for the next six years. And it's going to be interesting because Buffalo's kind of got a little situation going on right now. They want to build a new stadium in Buffalo. The city doesn't want them to build a new stadium. So they've threatened to move. They've threatened to go to Austin, Texas, which would be an interesting shift. I don't think you want to lose the fandom of Buffalo. Obviously, Bills Mafia is the best, uh, you know, best fan base in the NFL and it's not even close. So that'll be interesting to see what goes on with the Buffalo Bills. And I want to get into this real quick before I get into some of the teams we need to watch for the season. The vaccine issue in the NFL is causing a lot of drama. Okay, Commissioner Roger Goodell sent a memo to all 32 teams outlining the COVID-19 guidelines for the 2021 season that detailed drastic penalties for teams with unvaccinated personnel, including the forfeiture of games. Which is wild. It is wild. Obviously, this is what we need to do. But the NFL is putting you know, guidelines together that are going to make sure, hey, if you're not vaccinated, we're going to make this hell on earth for you. And honestly, good for them. Any forfeits could result in players not being paid if their affections are known to have caused the outbreak. So if you cause an outbreak within your team and your team has to forfeit, you are financially responsible for that. That's pretty interesting. If an unvaccinated player or staff member is shown to have caused an outbreak that forces a schedule change, the team experiencing the outbreak will be held financially responsible for the other club's expenses, the memo said. If the game cannot be rescheduled, the team experiencing the outbreak will have to forfeit. These are huge, huge things going on in the NFL. There are some teams that are over that 85% threshold that we are looking to hit because apparently that's when herd immunity starts to happen. But a lot of teams, a la the Washington football team, the Minnesota Vikings, some star quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, are a little iffy about the vaccine. And honestly, guys, especially if you're the starting quarterback, you don't want to miss games. And more importantly, your franchise doesn't want you to miss games because that's going to hurt your team overall. And I know I can't make any difference in this, but it's really confusing to me why star players are not getting vaccinated when they know forfeits could be caused money could be in play it's a very interesting dynamic going on in the nfl right now there are a lot of players cole beasley jimmy graham speaking up about how they're feeling forced to take it but look this is for the greater good of society so if you want to have fans in the stands you want to be able to eat lunch with your teammates Probably do the right thing and get the shot. That's just my opinion. So we're going to have to watch this closely throughout the NFL season to see how COVID affects teams much like it did last year. Um, But yeah, so that's vaccine issue going on in the NFL. I want to get into some teams to watch uh, this season. It's pretty much the same teams that were in the playoffs last year. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off a Super Bowl title. Tom Brady is all the way back. He's coming back for another season. This is obviously I think that they're the Super Bowl favorites. The team that won last year, they signed everybody back. Levante David, star linebacker. Shaq Barrett, star linebacker. Chris Godwin, star receiver. And Antonio Brown, everybody is back for this Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers so they're going to be definitely team to watch honestly if I could predict the Super Bowl right now it's going to be another Kansas City Tampa Bay matchup because nobody can run with uh, Kansas City in the AFC that's just the facts there besides maybe the Cleveland Browns which obviously last year that was the uh, championship game there's no team that's going to come close to the Kansas City Chiefs this year they signed Orlando Brown okay the tackle and obviously last year the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs lost the Super Bowl because they had two or three offensive linemen that were out. So they had three backup offensive linemen playing in the Super Bowl against a defense that wreaks havoc. They they, they literally are one of the best rush defenses in the NFL, and when you go up against rookies and guys who are inexperienced, especially in a Super Bowl, it's not going to work out. So, Kansas City's all the way back with Orlando Brown. Everybody's back. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. Look for them to have a big year. The Green Bay Packers, obviously, we've been to the last like four or five NFC championships and haven't been able to get in. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a chip on his shoulder this year to, hey, let me go win one one more time for the city and then get up out of here. So the Packers are an interesting team to watch. Apparently Amari Rogers, the uh, the uh, slot receiver from Clemson that they took in like the third or fourth round, he's playing really well. So hopefully he can compliment Devontae Adams and... Aaron Rodgers also wanted to bring back Randall Cobb, and so Randall Cobb is now back on the team. So the Green Bay Packers are going to be interesting, obviously, to watch. I really hope that they can get to the Super Bowl, and I hope Aaron Rodgers has another phenomenal season. I think he will. The Baltimore Ravens, the fourth year for Lamar Jackson. Uh, MVP. He now has a playoff win under his belt. Obviously, I stand with Lamar Jackson as far as his on the play, on the field play goes. I think he's a great, great runner. Obviously, and I think he's very good ball thrower. People. Don't realize how important you actually have to have good receivers to be able to win in the NFL, and if your top guy is five foot nine and Marquise Brown, it's just not going to work out. So they have uh, Sammy Watkins now, who's an NFL veteran, Rashad Bateman, who they took in the first round, the receiver out of Minnesota, he is out for the next couple weeks with a foot injury, but hopefully we got some guys to compliment Lamar, because they're the number one rush offense in the NFL, and so if they can get to that top 10, top 15 in the passing game, they're going to be very very, very dangerous, and obviously every year the Ravens' defense is always very good. As we saw against the Titans, who held Derrick Henry, the the Ravens held Derrick Henry to 45 yards, which... Nobody holds Derrick Henry to 45 yards on 20 carries. So that'll be good to see. Um, hopefully the Ravens can get it going with Lamar, and hopefully he will get the vaccine at some point. The Cleveland Browns, obviously, uh, made it to the AFC Championship game last year. Yes, they did lose to uh, Chad Henney after uh, Patma. You c- You can't come back from that in my opinion. Pat Mahomes goes down, you have Miles Garrett, you got all the defense, you're charged up, end of the game, the backup quarterback comes in and wins the game for the Chiefs. You can't let that happen, Browns. This was your opportunity to get to the Super Bowl, but hey, they've got everybody back. They just signed Nick Chubb to an extension. Odell Beckham Jr. is coming back from his ACL tear. I'm a big Odell guy. I really think he can impact on the field really everywhere he is. When he is on the field, the the defensive backs are looking at Odell. So that opens up the entire field for the run game, for the Jarvis Landry and the couple other receivers that they have. This is a good thing for the Cleveland Browns, Odell being back. So the Cleveland Browns are another team to watch. And then like we talked about the Buffalo Bills, obviously signing Josh Allen to a huge extension. Having Stefan Diggs there obviously helps. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal receiver. So having him helps, but... The Buffalo Bills are going to have to find some more offense. They're going to need to find a solid running back who can take some pressure off of Josh Allen. So those are the teams I think we need to watch going into this NFL season. Likely the favorites to win their divisions and even more likely to make the playoffs. And obviously the Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the favorites to go back to the Super Bowl. Other storylines that I want to follow is uh, with some rookies this year, obviously. A scary Irvin Meyer. Uh, Yes, I said Irvin, not Urban. Obviously, I don't trust the guy. I don't think he's going to work out in the NFL. He's trying to change too much. He's already been fined for things, for keeping players too long at practice. Hey, buddy, these are millionaires. This ain't college. You don't have control over these guys. They have money like you. They're grown men. This ain't college. You ain't dealing with 18, 19-year-olds who are just learning how to do life. These guys have done life, and I think Urban Meyer is going to learn that as the season goes on. I'm sure we're going to see some players revolt. It's kind of like up in uh, up in the New York Giants, uh, Joe Judge, who uh, there was a fight that happened at practice. Which fighting happens at practice always? You got to think, especially during training camp, when you're just constantly battering your head into somebody else you're going to get frustrated. I mean, that's just what happens. These are competitors. These are young guys. So a fight broke out at Giants practice. Daniel Jones went to break it up, which Daniel Jones, stay out of any fight, pal, okay? I've seen the way you dress. I'm seeing the way you walk around. You're not getting into those scrums, all right? I understand you're trying to be the quarterback that's like, guys, break it up. Break it up. We don't need to be fighting. Unlike Baker Mayfield and Pat Mahomes hop right in there swinging. I mean, those are the guys. Daniel Jones, you ain't that, pal. I'll tell you that right now. You threw 11 touchdowns last season. Let's not get too excited. But he hopped in the pile and uh, ended up on the ground. And so Joe Judge, Joe Judge is a hard-o, okay? And I don't know if you know what hard-o means, but that's a hard behind, okay? He He's a football guy through and through, and he clearly doesn't understand the nfl so what happened after the fight joe judge made these nfl players these millionaires run laps and lap after a fight after a training camp fight which happens all of the time they ran hundreds and hundreds i mean hundred yards up and down and up and down and then like a middle school football team has everybody on the back line doing push-ups these are millionaires Well, what are you treating them like babies? These are grown men who are battering their heads against each other. Of course there's going to be a scrum. Your idiot quarterback decided to get in the middle of it, and when hands are swinging, when big bodies are at each other, that's what's going to happen, Joe Judge. So he has the players doing up-downs and push-ups, and then what does he decide? He decides, okay, everybody run again and has them run even more. Three players retired after that. These college coaches are going to realize that you can't treat these NFL players like you do the college. So Joe Judge is going to learn very quickly. Obviously, he'll win three or four games this year, much like he did last year. The New York Giants will continue to be an embarrassment for the city of New York. And I I stand with you. City of New York, hear me out loud. The Jets and the Giants, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that these teams are so bad for the longest time that you have no, no pride in them. I wouldn't have any pride if I saw my coach making these NFL players run hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and doing push ups like their children. It's absolutely unbelievable. So anyway, that's Joe Judge. That's just my rant on Joe Judge. It leads into Urban Meyer, obviously, and uh, seeing Trevor Lawrence and what he does. Urban Meyer said that Trevor Lawrence is not yet the starter. Hey, we all know he is. You're not fooling anybody. Trevor Lawrence is going to start week one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, Urban, go ahead and start Gardner Minshew, over Trevor Lawrence go ahead see how that goes for the city of Jacksonville I'm sure everybody will be real excited so that's the Jags right there they'll win a couple games this season won't amount to anything I'm ready for my own amusement to watch the New York Jets and Zach Wilson hit the field week one. This Zach Wilson kid holds out of of practice for the first three days because he doesn't like his rookie contract. He's the last rookie to sign his deal. He went 11 for 22, 11 for 22 with three interceptions. During practice, on air, and look, he might have been trying new things, he's learning the offense, but Zach Wilson thinks he's the top guy, and that's definitely, definitely not it. It's going to be the same thing like with Sam Darnold. They're going to win three or four games over the next couple years. The Jets won't amount to anything, and that's just what it's going to be. I can't stand this kid, Zach Wilson. The ego. The ego to have to hold out of OTAs and hold out of training camp because your rookie contract isn't up to your liking, you have no power. And the Jets are absolute idiots for getting rid of all of their veteran quarterbacks and just putting all the chips in the basket and Zach Wilson. He played at BYU. BYU. He had five seconds to throw the ball at BYU. The offensive line was great. They're playing nobody. Throw Zach Wilson in the SEC and see what happens against Alabama. See what happens against LSU, Florida. Florida State, even in the ACC. I mean, they would have lit this guy up. And now he's the number two pick in the NFL draft, going to be the starter for the New York Jets. Hope it works out for you. Guess what? Prediction? It's not going to work out. Anyways, Chicago Bears, obviously, Justin Fields. We are another show. If we're the second quarterback, we are Justin Fields' show. I believe in this kid 110%. Him and Andy Dalton, obviously, competing for the starting job in Chicago. It's going to be Justin Fields, let's just all be honest. If you want the stadium to be packed in Chicago, and by the way, they're building a new stadium in Chicago, a little bit outside of the city, which is going to be pretty cool. But Chicago, if you want to pack the stands even if it's not a great year for you, I think Justin Fields is your guy for the long haul. Let's be honest, Peyton Manning, his first year in the NFL, he won three games, through like 20 interceptions. You got to give the kid some time, all right? You got a good team around you, Chicago, and you got a kid like Justin Fields who can do it all. He can do it in the air. He can do it on the ground. He's a great player. So that's Chicago, Justin Fields versus uh, Andy Dalton. New England, we got to look at Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Obviously, we are another very pro Cam Newton show. I think it's Jonesy time, though, in in New England. I think that Cam should take a back seat now. We're on our third shoulder surgery. I... I love Cam Newton. He's one of my favorite players of all time, but it's time to hang it up. I think it's going to be Mac Jones's time in New England, so that'll be interesting to see. What well, we talked about earlier, Trey Lance will beat out Jimmy G for the starting job. I don't think it'll be week one, okay? Unless, unless the 49ers move Jimmy G. I don't think it'll be week one, but at some point this year, we will see Trey Lance on the field. And another cool thing, who will be the guy in New Orleans now? Number nine is gone. Drew Brees is out of here. No longer in the NFL. We've been so used to the New Orleans Saints having Drew Brees there. It's going to be very, very interesting to see who starts. Will it be Jameis Winston? Okay. The guy is so goofy, like he's such a he's such a dad, right? He has such dad energy with him, all the dad jokes, all the motivational speeches that he gives. I love Jameis Winston. It's either him or Taysom Hill, and if you put Taysom Hill at quarterback, we all know what's going to happen. He's going to try to crow hop like a baseball player in the outfield uh, to throw every pass, and ha-ha, that doesn't work in the NFL. You got a half second to throw the ball. Taysom Hill can't make those decisions. I do believe it will be famous Jameis Winston. Now, I appreciate everybody joining me on today's show. A couple things I need you to do for me before we get out of here. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That helps us a ton. And be a friend. See a friend. Tell a friend. Share this with a friend. Let them know you care about you. Let them know you love them. But I greatly appreciate everybody joining me. I will see you next Thursday. Peace and love.